The second reading is taken from Colossians, chapter 1, beginning at the 21st verse. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Alice. I'll add my welcome to what Rob said. It's very good to see everyone here today. My name is Steve, if we haven't met already. Um, So recently I've been watching... Uh, the BBC's new dramatization of Les, Les Mis. I don't know if anyone else has seen it. It's, it's, it's been really good. It's, uh, I highly recommend um, the series. And maybe I'm a bit biased because the main character, Jean Valjean, uh, that's just my French accent. It's very good. Uh, well, he's a father who's uh, somewhat paranoid about protecting his beautiful daughter. Um, and so what he does is his first idea is we'll, we'll live together inside a convent. That was his plan. I thought, oh, this is a great, this guy's a genius, you know, like this is something that maybe I could copy. Uh, I mean, my daughter's only two, but I can start, I can start planning now. Um, and then when, when she insists on moving, he says, okay, fine, we'll move. And <clears throat> so he buys a, a house with a giant wall around it. So the man clearly uh, has some good ideas. But if you don't know the story, Jean Valjean is a criminal. Uh, he's a thief. And one could even say uh, he's a murderer. And the thing is, he knows that he's a criminal. He knows how bad a man he is. In fact, that's even why he has a daughter. She's an orphan. And his daughter is actually an, an orphan he adopted because he feels responsible for the death of her mother. So, so that's Jean Valjean. And in one scene, he thinks about what he's done in life, and he says... I'm not fit for the family of men. That's his assessment of himself. He says, I'm not fit for the family of men. He admits, I'm a thief and a liar and a murderer. I'm not fit for the family of men. And it's even more dramatic, this admission, because the other characters who know him, uh, when they hear him say this, they, they say, yeah, we agree. We actually think you should be in prison. Um, so he, he's, uh, he's a bit of a wild man, this, this, uh, this Jean Valjean. Well, if you, you'll, you'll have to watch the series or, or read the novel if you want to know what ends up happening to him. But I think this feeling, this, this feeling of alienation, of strangeness, of desire for exile, I think this is our starting point for the passage today in Colossians. Uh, what we're looking at is a passage, it's, it's one paragraph, in fact, from Paul's letter to a church in Colossae, a town in what is now Turkey. And in this small town, uh, there's a church there of Christians, and Paul hears that they have a wrong understanding of Christianity. So he writes this letter to help explain the Christian faith to them. 
And now this is good for us because we're, we're in that position too. If we consider ourselves Christians, uh, here's a chance for us, like the Colossians, to clarify our faith, to strengthen our faith. And if we're not Christians, here's a chance uh, to figure out what the faith is all about. Be established in your faith, Paul says. Be established and firm. Well, what does that mean? Well, be firm because of your past, your present, and your future. Our confidence, our feeling about ourselves, like Jean Valjean, it has to do with who we think we are. He thinks of his past. He says, I've stolen things, I've lied, I've murdered. I'm a criminal. That's who I am. So my future is alienation, isolation, and loneliness. And I don't know, maybe maybe some of us here feel something similar to this. Uh, maybe not that we deserve prison, but a version of this. And I'm, I'm thinking of things that I've said or things I've thought or things I've done. The reasons, the, the motivations that I've done things. And I think, I'm not fit for the family of men. But Paul, what he's saying here, he, he disagrees completely. He says, we're not just fit for the company of men, but the company of heaven. We're fit for the company of God. That's our faith, isn't it? That one day, we will be face to face with our Creator. But how can we have confidence in this? How can we have this firm, established faith? Well, there's three things for us to think about today. Three things. Our past, our present, and our future. And if we get these three things right, if we think about our past, present, and future correctly, then our faith will be stronger. We'll understand the good news of Christianity. So we begin, we begin there in verse 21. Paul tells us about our, about our past. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> Nice guy. He begins on a high note. He's really really flattering his audience. Uh, he's describing a serious problem. He's saying that all of us, at some point in our life, maybe even now, at some point, we're alienated from God. And the word here means excluded, separated, to be a stranger to. I think of, I think of Pip and Great Expectations. I don't know why all this 19th century literature, but at any rate, uh, it's a novel by Charles Dickens, of course, and in the story, when, when the story begins, Pip is a is very, uh, he's just a little young boy. He's a young boy in a churchyard, uh, in, a, in the graveyard, and he's looking at the tombstones of his parents. That's all he knows about them. He's an orphan. He's alienated from his parents, from his mother and his father. He's separated from them by that, that great gulf of death. He'll never know them. He'll never hear their voices. Never know their expressions, their manner of speaking. Never embrace them. He's a stranger to them. And Paul is saying, that's what we used to be. We were alienated from our Father God. We were separated from him. We never heard his voice. We never knew what he loved or hated. God was a stranger to us. 
I wonder what you make of that. Uh, Maybe at this point we might say, we're here in church, this is a religious place, it feels religious enough anyway, and what about God himself? God is a loving God. How could a loving God be separate from us? Well, let's look at what Paul is saying, because the problem here, it's not our feelings, it's it's not about our perspective. It's about a relationship. And with a relationship, it, it doesn't matter if one person's happy, if the other person's fed up. There's a problem. And here, Paul is talking about our relationship with God. That God cares how, he, how we treat him and how we treat each other. Come, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, it says in Psalm 95. So often I don't kneel before him. I, I do what I want, not what he wants. I, I talk to God when I need him, not because I love him. I treat people the way I want to treat them, not the way God wants me to treat them. So Paul says this behavior, this behavior is evil. That to ignore God... This alienates us from him. It makes us his enemy. That's different from Pip and great expectations. It wasn't, it wasn't his fault that his parents were dead. But we're God's enemies because of our behavior, our actions. Well, at least that's how things used to be. Once you were alienated from God, Paul says. So if we're Christians... Alienation is our past. Christians can know that our alienation from God is in our past. Well, how does that strengthen our faith? I mean, let's think about what this means about our relationship with God now. He's fixed it. Sometimes I think, oh, if, if God finds out what I've done now, what I've, what I've said now, he'll kill me. Uh, when, he, when he finds out about this, I'm done for. He won't accept me. But, but look how Paul puts it. Once you were alienated. I'm not alienated anymore. God has dealt with my evil behavior. And if God says it's dealt with, then we can have a strong faith that it's true. Alienation is our past, Paul says. And that past is past. That's his first point. His second point is how we are now, our present situation. Because if we're Christians, there in verse 22, Paul says, Our relationship with God is restored. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death. There's a lot in that word, reconciled. Well, we, don't, we don't use it so much. I was trying to come up in my head. I was trying to think the last time I, I, I said it to someone. I'm not sure I, I ever used this word uh, in normal conversation. The original meaning, it also means reunified. And I think that's a little easier to to understand. Two halves, they belong together. Two halves reunified make a whole. And Christians are reunified with God. But reconciled, I think it's a helpful word as well because it shows how there's a wrong, there's something wrong that's happened that needs to be dealt with. It's, it's It's a legal word. To be reconciled, there needs to be forgiveness. And for there to be forgiveness, there needs to be a sacrifice. It's there in the verse. Paul says that Christians are reconciled to God. We are reunited with God 
by Christ's physical body through death. This is a story told by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The story that Jesus, the Son of God, was born as a baby, that he grew up and lived a perfect life, recognizing God as his maker, that he was tried in a Roman court and found innocent, that he was killed regardless. He was crucified for the wrongs that we have done, for our evil behavior, and that he came back to life three days later. And through that sacrifice, we are forgiven by God. We are reunited with him. And this is a good point to to stop and question, is this how we see ourselves? If we're Christians, do we see ourselves now as reconciled to God? Because this has been a a great reminder for me to think about over the past few weeks. Sometimes I don't feel unified with God at all. I feel distant from him. But this isn't true, this feeling. It's a real feeling, but but it's not reality. Christ, the one through whom all things were created, the first and the last, the King of kings, he has reconciled me to God. And my feelings can't change that. The more we accept our reconciliation with God, the stronger our faith will be. When you think about prayer, we don't have to talk hesitantly to God, worried that he might not hear hear us or care what we have to say. No, we're reconciled to him. The relationship has been restored, and our present spiritual life is possible. So in the past, we didn't know God, but now we do. We know him. But Paul doesn't end there. There's more to life, isn't there? To be frank, there's death. You know, I remember when my regiment received orders to Iraq. I know I look like I'm 16, but I swear to you, I am not. (laughs) I used to be in the Army Infantry, and when we learned where we would deploy, my perspective on life changed. For one thing, I treated my family different. And many of us here will have similar experiences with death. Our strength is but labor and sorrow. So soon passeth it away, and we are gone. That's in Psalm 90. We're here, and then we're gone. So what would our faith be worth if it did not deal with death? It's a central part of Christianity, because if God brought Christ through death, then he can bring us through. This is the hope that Paul is talking about in verse 22. We will have life after death and be presented to God face to face. What will that be like? Paul says Christians will be holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation. Now that is a future. That is a future to look forward to. I bought a book recently as a gift. I meant to bring this book, but I forgot. It's a first edition book, um, or a first edition of a book that I like very much. Uh, It's called The Loss of El Dorado. Isn't that a great title? It's it's written by V.S. Naipaul in 1969. And uh, I thought, you know, this would make a great gift. And uh, for, for someone who, um, who you know, and we have similar interests, it's, a, it's about American history. And so I thought, you know, this is going to be the perfect gift. And so I went, I found this first edition, and I, I bought it. Online it says, you know, great condition, mint condition, whatever. So I buy it. It comes. The jacket looks great. I open it. And the, in the first page I see, to Deirdre, 
Love, Alfred, in uh, purple cursive, this, like, flourishing pen. It was, you know, uh, such a kind of uh, surprise because I'm going to have to give this book, and I haven't decided, what am I going to do? Am I going to cut the page? Shall I just cut it out? Will he notice? Or shall I put something over it? What am I going to do? I'm not, that's, that's, that's one of the problems I'll have to solve this week. But is that, is that what we'll be like in the next life? Worn out and marked up? No, Paul says that we're going to be perfect first editions, without blemish and free from accusation. That is our future. Christians have a hopeful future. And it's interesting that Paul suggests we might give this up. Why would we do that? Well, I think it comes from the way that we try to repair our relationship with God. We know we're alienated from him at some point in our lives. And we often try to repair that relationship without Christ. Because Paul says that we are reconciled by Christ's body through death. We're reconciled by Christ, not ourselves. It's a gift. That is the hope of the gospel. A future given to us by God and God alone. So past, present, and future. Jean Valjean thought that he was not fit for the family of men. But as Christians, these verses assure us that because of what Christ has done, we are fit for the family of God our Father. And as we close, a moment to reflect on our faith. How could we strengthen it today? Maybe for some of us, it's about our past. We're continually worrying about something we've done that we think cannot be forgiven. But Paul tells us that if we're Christians, we don't need to feel shame. Our past is past. Or maybe it's our present. Our faith is strong when it enjoys our restored relationship with God. There's different ways to do this. One could be to come on the church weekend away in June. A great chance to enjoy conversations and meals and prayer together. And there's flyers for that uh, at the front near the doors. Or maybe the future. Our faith is strong to the extent that we trust God will bring us through death. This is the great, great hope of the gospel. Let us pray. Lord, we ask you to strengthen our faith. Help us to see our past, present, and future as you do. Help us to be thankful for the sacrifice of your Son and remind us of our future glory with you in heaven. Amen. Thank you, Steve. Uh, Very appropriate uh, hymn to sing next. Blessed assurance, Jesus really is ours. So let's sing uh, with gusto. Please do stand to sing.